What up, Long Beach? We're back for the third season of the LB Fee Show here on the campus of Long Beach State with the one and only Director of Athletics, Andy Fee. Thank you so much for having us back, Andy. It's good to be here. Gentlemen, it's the start of a new year. It's the first day of classes, so I guess this is really happening. Andy, it's a disaster out there. <laughs> it's a zoo. I think I got run over, almost run over about four different times going from the pyramid to our building. I said to myself, I'm, I know it's going to be crazy. I'm riding my bike. I only live about a mile and a half away, so I'm going to ride my bike down. And I thought it would be easier because I wasn't going to have to look for parking. And now apparently all the kids ride their bikes down here. So it was just it was like it was like wading through I don't know like the like Second Street at 7 p.m. on a Saturday or something. We've Crazy. been here in the city covering Long Beach sports for a while now, over a decade. So we've got a lot of those stories when it comes to parking in some of the busiest spots yeah. in the city. Uh, and by we, I mean the 562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and right here on my right, my co-host Mike Garabasio. Mike, it's good to be back. We're going to have a lot of coaches and players and administrators and people from Long Beach here on the show this year. Of course, we've got to start with the game and the season that just started last weekend. Women's soccer coach Mauricio Ingracia coming on the show today. Yeah, stick around in a couple minutes. We'll have that interview with uh, Mauricio. Had a great time talking to him. Uh, we've known him for, I mean, I think it feels like his whole length of time that he's been here. Knew him a little bit when he was at LBCC as well. Um, so I think you guys are really going to enjoy that. The LB Fee Show will be airing uh, on your podcast feed every other week, just like last year. So be sure to let everyone know on social media. If you know any Long Beach State fans who maybe don't have the podcast app on their phone yet, Download it for them, subscribe to the LVF show, and uh, make sure they're up to date on all your Long Beach State news. And make sure you let us know what you want us to talk about. You want to hear from somebody in particular, you have a question for Andy, we'd love to do a mailbag segment, maybe like once a season for each team, some questions on, a, on certain teams, certain sports. That could be a lot of fun. So get involved here at the show. We want that stuff. Just don't um, email us about the parking. I just every year we get emails about the parking. I, yeah. I just always respond like, "What do you want me to do about this?" I can't help as a on sports that. Sports writer in Long Beach. And, yeah, you, yeah. You, open you at least show. work here. You I work here, and I parking. can't help you on well, that. That's why you like you touch, you say something about the parking, so then you can move on and not be concerned about the parking. Well, before we get into this season, we've got to quickly recap. Andy, what you did on your summer vacations, you, you got around and did some traveling this summer. Did a little bit of traveling, guys. Uh, Nicole, my wife, and I went to, to Europe for two weeks. Uh, traveling is kind of our thing, fun thing that we like to do. So we went to, to the south of France and uh, did, a, did a little beach week there and then flew over to, uh, to London, visited some friends. But it was nice to get away and do a little exploring. And then uh, I, I, you know, I had to use a little executive authority and, and, and got my way onto the men's basketball trip to Costa Rica. They're, they're once every four years, NCAA allows you, you to— You were the volunteer assistant. You know, I was the assistant to the traveling secretary, George Costanza. So, uh, you know, but that was really great. It was a, a great opportunity for the team to—, to uh, build on the court and off of it so it was a great summer well you make me feel i thought i thought i had a, we went to hawaii and mammoth with my wife and kids I, f I felt good about that until i heard that you got in like multiple continents <laughs> well the men's basketball team is not the only team here at long beach state did some international travel That's we're also right. going to talk to ingrassi about their trip to france that included the world cup but when you travel you and your wife travel a decent amount, so you kind of have your uh, rhythms down. Yeah. Like, do you do the whole trip? Do you book the whole trip, travel, where you're going to stay, who you're going to see, all that stuff before you even leave? Or are you flying by the seat of your pants? I, I, I like to believe I fly by the seat of my pants, but I really don't. I'm a planner. <laughs> I, am, I, 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 am, I am right now looking for the next trip, and I am – 
so deep into the weeds it's ridiculous i it's it's too much but you know what i actually i love planning <laughs> but trips. it's fun though because then it, it sort of i mean my wife and i do the same thing it sort of extends the vacation yes. forward by a couple months when you start planning it you know in march or something like that <laughs> yes and my wife happily for her at least she lets me do it all she she does not like that stuff so I get to enjoy it because I like the minutiae and the weeds, but it's it's. I'll do that if I, if we've got a stressful like JJ and I, I my wife and I are going to Malibu uh, this weekend just for a little anniversary trip, and so like when I'm stressed out this week, I'm just gonna go and like look at like lunch places to eat on Sunday. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? It's like it's just like a nice way of like releasing the pressure valve a little bit. Do you like stacking it up? Do you want events every day all the time? Or do you like oh, to leave little gaps? Yeah, if if. Um, most vacations, the only time a, a fee family vacation is relaxed is if it's a beach vacation. So if we're in Paris, it is like 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. And there is no downtime. You better be ready. There is no slacking. We're going to walk at like eight miles an hour. Uh, it is full go. So if you think that you're going to go with the fees and just be quiet and, and, and just go from here to there, no, I, I pack as much as I possibly can. Listen, if you're listening to this podcast and you have dreams of going into athletic administration, if what Andy just said to you sounds crazy, you are not cut out to be an athletic director. <laughs> True. <laughs> the fact that you knew the speed that you'll need to walk, that's it. that tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, I break it down. TripAdvisor, you know, you know every travel site, I, I'm, I've got some sort of password to get on there. They drive me crazy. I don't know who's rating these places, but uh, <laughs> that's a personal pet peeve. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. I'm glad you traveled safe. Well, first, tell us more about Costa Rica. I mean, do you guys were out there, speaking of getting a lot in every day, every time you guys were posting stuff, it looked like it was a day full of activity. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's a wonderful opportunity to take a team um, somewhere very different um, than Long Beach. And we looked at a lot of different opportunities. You know, a lot of teams go, other schools will go to Europe, mm. they'll go to, to Asia. Uh, we wanted to do something a little bit closer, but also unique experience. So, we packed a lot in. We played three games, two games against a Panamanian team and then one game against the Costa Rican team. Um, so three games in three days. So um, it, also, like, it also looked like a service trip with like a little bit of basketball thrown in. It seemed like yes. you guys were working with kids and at schools and stuff pretty much every day. What, what, what was all that about? How do you get plugged into that stuff when you're, you know, when you're traveling over for there? For sure, it was great. The, uh, the, the company that we worked with um, is, is fundamentally based in Costa Rica. Uh, so they know all the schools, uh, they know all the players down there, so to speak. So we, we said we wanted to do service. We want to, to not only just go down there and play some basketball, but, but to give something back to the community. So, um, we, you know, on one day we did some work with the Special Olympics uh, youth uh, down there in a little clinic. Uh, the next day we went to a local uh, grade school, elementary school, um, in a lower socioeconomic area, and it's um, – it's eye-opening. I think a lot of our players, um, you know, y y you learn to, to be grateful for what you do have um, when you see those that, that don't have a whole lot. And for them to spend time, um, a couple hours in the lives of those, I mean, you would have thought the L.A. Lakers were there. These kids were running around and wanted to high-five them and how tall they were. And, you know, we brought T-shirts down for them. And I, I swear there's like 300 kids walking around San Jose, Costa Rica right now. People are going like, what is going on with Long Beach State in Costa Rica? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it was wonderful for us to do it. So, you know, the key elements of that to get back to why and what we do on a trip like that is to pack as much in as possible. We want to get better athletically on the basketball court. 
Uh, the second is to give back. And, and the third is to build culture. And we did a lot of that as well. That's incredible. It's well, those international trips where it feels like you could learn everything you needed to about a person in just like a really small amount of time. And what perfect way to build a team. You know, you've got Long Beach State women's soccer and men's basketball, both bringing in a lot of fresh faces. Did you see that group, that men's basketball team, kind of gel a little bit, maybe build some chemistry on the trip? For sure. I mean, you know, these guys have been spending time together over the summer, but when you literally spend eight days together 24-7, it's difficult to not get to know that person next to you. So, I think, you know, the time you spend on a bus going to a game or just walking around looking at things is is, as silly as that may sound. You're going to have conversations. You're going to see something and learn something that I didn't know JJ knew that. Wow, JJ, you know, uh, experienced that. And so you find a little commonality. And when you bring new people together in terms of uh, so many newcomers, you know, we want to jumpstart the process. You You know, we've got time before the first game, but um, building culture is, is never easy and it takes time. It really does. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you guys got the culture just like the women's soccer team did. Uh, we are going to be talking to Mauricio Gracia in just a minute. Um, but w- good to have you back. Good to see you back It is safe, good to be home. All of that stuff. Um, now we're going to move into this week at the beach. Mentioning that women's soccer team, they opened up the season on Sunday night at George Allen Field in front of a record crowd, over 2,300 fans watching the beach take on number four UCLA, just edged by the Bruins 1-0. They had a near-scoring opportunity go in uh, in the middle of the second half just after the hour mark, but it was not to be. But got to shout out the goalkeeper, Marta Alemany Sanchez, making her debut, making seven saves. I mean, UCLA should have been up 3-0 at halftime. How, how about wo- woman of the match? Is yeah, that what we're sure. calling? Woman of the match? Player of I the mean, match. Player of the match. I mean, <laughs> she was superhuman as far as I'm concerned. I, I couldn't believe it. I was behind our goal. And some of those saves were ridiculous. So, you know, congratulations to her. I know it's not the result we wanted, but um, she she did not quit fighting that whole match. Yeah, man. The Spaniard, are you not entertained? She was definitely player of the match, and we're yeah. excited to see what she can do now that she's joined the program, uh, originally an international player who's got some really cool experience as well. Probably going to end up writing a story about her. Also, I wanted to mention we're going to be writing a story about those international trips for both of those teams, women's ba- women's soccer and men's basketball, uh, this week. So keep an eye out for that. Also this week, the women's soccer team is going to be back at George Allen Field Friday at 7 p.m. against number 6 Penn State. Doesn't get any easier. And then on Monday at 6 p.m., they're going to take on San Diego. Uh, excuse me, that game on Fridays at 7, game on Mondays at 6. So an old rival in San Diego, a new challenge in number 6 Penn State for women's soccer, women's volleyball also starting the season this weekend. Yeah, I would guess that the next episode of the LBF show will have Joy McKenzie Fearbringer on to talk about the women's volleyball season. Uh, they will be on the road a lot early in the season. They're going to the Georgia Tech Invitational this weekend. They'll be in Hotlanta taking on Georgia Tech, UNC Asheville, and Southern University. Other fall sport that's getting going right now is the cross-country team. They'll be at the Mark Covert Classic on Saturday morning in Brea. I'd rather be in Hotlanta this weekend than Brea ever. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Good you point. Know, with all due respect to Brea, yes. No, 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 no due, no due respect. Okay, uh, before we bring on uh, – Andy, thanks again for having us. Before we bring on uh, Mauricio Gracia, we just wanted to remind Long Beach State fans about the 562.org and all the coverage we've been providing If you like what you're seeing from the 562, maybe especially compared to other local outlets, we need you to subscribe. Go click support the 562.org on the website. That'll show you how a $5 to $10 tax-deductible donation every month will help keep Long Beach sports coverage at the top of the list. 
We now welcome on our special guest. He's in his 16th year as the women's soccer coach here at Long Beach State, where his team is tabbed to repeat as Big West Conference champions. It's our guy, Mauricio Ingracia. Coach, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me once again. You guys are fresh off your season opener. We're recording this, obviously, on Monday. You guys took on number four UCLA on Sunday, inches, inches away from equalizing with the top five team. You got to be happy with that. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be our, our opening game, but it turned out this way. <laughs> And um, I think that the team responded well to a lot of adversity over the last four or five days, um, even all the way up to game time where we uh, lost our starting goalkeeper um, and had to make a change 10 minutes before. And, um, and, and yeah, I mean, and then the challenge, the obvious challenge that a top five team poses you. I, I really I'm enjoying this group. I, I, I really feel like they're. Um, in the moment, ad adapting and, and responding to situations, and and I think they're getting it. They're getting uh, they're getting used to um, each other, which is is important. But um, used to the rhythm, um, and so now we just we go from here. You, you mentioned it. Uh, this was not supposed to be your opening game. You guys went all the way to Arizona just to watch a really nice uh, thunderstorm, and then have the game be canceled and come home. How frustrating is that? I mean, I know coaches and players too. Your whole life revolves around that schedule. So you've got that date on the calendar for months, and you're looking forward to it, and you're counting down to it. How frustrating is that? How do you kind of deal with the, the energy dissipation as a coach? You know, what was that experience like to go out there and then just have to come back and wait till Sunday? Well, it was really frustrating. It was frustrating being in – we were in our bus. We weren't even – they don't have a locker room out there, so we, there was a tent for us with some chairs and we're like no we'll, we'll just be in the bus it's not a great idea when there's lightning yeah. strikes going on to uh, be inside yeah. of a metal canopy tent or whatever yeah exactly so <laughs> so we were in the bus and it was 30 minutes and then lightning strike and then another 30 and then another 30 and then pretty soon i'm we're worried about um eating because we had we had eaten at, at 3 15 now it was now seven o'clock 8 7 30 so we took the bus to to get something to eat <laughs> And uh, and keeping an eye on everything and being informed and and the game just kept getting pushed back and finally there was a final say on what time the game would start without any um, any announcing in order so we could just you know warm up 15 minutes and try to get the game in and then another lightning strike this one was like like it's, it felt like it was 100 yards away and uh, and so then we just we just decided to call it and and it was really frustrating but for me I think the most when I think about that night, I, I just, I, you know, as a player, you want to play. And that's that's what you live for. And um, just watching, like, my players just – I've never experienced a game like that or anything like that. And just watching the, the sadness – I think it was just – they were just sad not to not to be able to play. That was tough. Um, but right away we we uh, we got some – we got some, a real meal at the end of the night and, uh, and, and had a – we couldn't really – no, pout too much because we had a flight at, and we had to get up at 4.30 to, to take off at the airport at 5. So, um, you know, I think they were in good spares. They did a great job on, on uh, Friday, had a good session here, got off the plane, got on the bus from L.A. straight to the weight room, uh, had, a, had, a, had a weight room session. Then we had a, a training session after the weight room, and, and the players were in good spares. I think uh, rolling the balls out and, and getting him, letting them compete a little bit was, was good. I think that they wanted to compete. Um, well, they certainly did that yeah. on Sunday. They really did compete with yeah. number four UCLA. And you mentioned her, we mentioned her early. Marta Alamini Sanchez, the goalkeeper, seven saves in her debut. How, how did you find her? 
Um, it was an it was uh, her coach was sending out any emails to to you know the, basically the whole country to see who who needed a goalkeeper and uh, we jumped on it and uh, got to speak with her and uh, the process was was uh, a normal process where introduced her to everything that we're about and uh, we landed her. She is not the biggest goalkeeper, but gosh darn, she's spry. She was flying around that goal, especially in the first half. I think six of her seven saves in the first half. Is that what you saw on film? Is that something that stuck out? I mean, she's also phenomenal with her feet, as I've seen in training. Well, she was a JCL American. She Her team won the national championship for, for NJCAA. So what I saw in film was different because they weren't really getting attacked. And that was you couldn't really see uh-huh. shot, too much shot, shot stopping. But what you saw was a player that's super comfortable with her feet. Um, as you saw yesterday, I think she's she was one of the top and most technical players on the field. She could she could drop dimes, um, and different various um, you know ranges. And so, for us, a team that builds from the back, that was very attractive um, to get. And and uh, and so we went after it. Well, sticking on the international tip, you guys went on one of the coolest international trips I've ever heard of this summer. Uh, almost two weeks in France, you guys got the sightseeing. You got to see Team USA play, score the most goals in World Cup history. And then, oh, yeah, you also got to play the Argentine national team twice. That's unbelievable. As you said, most teams have to qualify for the World Cup, and then you only get three guaranteed games. You guys just showed up and got two. <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. Great. Um, we still talk about it. We had actually a team builder in Arizona where everybody got to share. Everybody that went on the trip got to share what their favorite moment was. And uh, I think that the thing that stood out to me um, from that experience, from just uh, listening to the players talk about it uh, recently, it, it was a lot of um, oh, I, did, I, I found out about my friend, and I found out about this player, or or this this thing happened to us together. So there was a lot of chemistry for them. It was a real bonding uh, situation, and and um, and so the, it, it's it's great. It's a great uh, thing. I, I I wish everybody had the opportunity to do that um, because I think it changes lives. Uh, JJ mentioned you guys were at the record-setting game uh, with how many goals was it? 17? 13? 13? 13 out? It felt like 25 or something. Yes. Okay, <laughs> so 13. What, what, what did you guys think of that game? Are you are you looking at your players to try and gauge their reaction as they hit 11 and 12 and 13? You know, what? how did you see that as a coach? Well, I, I thought it was just very exciting. I think um, the first half was uh, just watching the players celebrate the, the, the first few goals was – was you know unique as it was um, you, you could tell you know the World Cup and and everyone's so so excited. Our players were I, I only got to see their reaction through maybe a, a few of their videos because they were sitting together in a little different area of the of the park. We just we had enough tickets for them to sit together, um, so I didn't get to see my players' reactions. But obviously, uh, history in the making and uh, to be there, I think everybody was was excited that, that we were there. And, uh, and marching to the game was great with the American Outlaws. So I think it was a great experience, unique for our players. Katie Pingle said everybody needed to go to the bathroom and were really hungry, but nobody wanted to leave because they knew if they <laughs> left, they were going to miss a goal. Or two or three goals. Yeah. Yeah. Put, put that over under at 10 seemed ridiculous in the first half, but there it is. Seeing history, making history. This isn't the first time you guys have been able to scrimmage Argentina. You guys did it back when uh, Haley Bolt and them were running around. When you first took over the program, and you did it before that as well when you were at Long Beach City College. You, yourself, from Argentina, how is, how is that possible that a college team can take on a national team days before they play in the World Cup? Just by random just luck, a, a little, we were talking about uh, trying to make, get the game here. 
uh, get they were they were going to come to the United States to play against some colleges. They were picking a weekend. He asked for my help. I said, of course, I would love to play you, but it didn't work out for us. And You're talking about the coach. About the coach, yeah, sorry. Um, so um, so when we figured out it, we, it wasn't going to work, I just said, well, I'll, I'll see you out there. We'll take we're taking our team. So uh, good luck. And he said, "Oh, you're, wait, you're taking your team. Well, let's play there. You want to play there? I said, of course. <laughs> yeah, you're kidding me. Yeah, yeah. Do you have access to fields? Yes. Do you need? Do you have this? Yes. I, I said yes to everything, and then scrambled to get it all <laughs> together. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. Yeah. So. so when they showed up, they show up in the bus. And it's just, it's a FIFA bus. I, I don't know if anybody else watches the pre-post game stuff of the World Cup, but all of these teams travel on in a bus that says their name of their country right on the side. So you're standing there with your girls waiting for them to come play you. What type of emotions are you and your team going through when that bus rolls up and they show up to play you guys? Honestly? You really want to know? Yeah. They were late, so I thought they weren't coming. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they weren't coming, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm here. This is a, they're not coming. They're, they're, You're they're, trying to come up with a speech in your yeah. head to give to the players about, yeah. you know. <laughs> so the emotion for me was, was, was complete relief when the bus came. But, but, uh, but yeah, no, then, then once you realize that that's the case, it's a FIFA bus, it says Argentina on it, yet uh, you know, we had people video that. And uh, and really capture that moment because it's special. It's really special. And then you guys hung with them. Yeah, no, we did. We we the first half. The first we played four halves, uh, you know, over two days. And um, the first half we completely dominated the game. We're up one zero. We missed a couple of sitters. Um, I think they were maybe you know traveling all that way and not 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 ready to play. And then the second half they really took it to us. The third half. We learned a lot from that second uh, game, and, and, and so it was, it was good. It was back and forth. So I felt the second, the second game was, was very even, um, and uh, we scored a couple goals, which is nice. And uh, you know, it's probably fitting that the World Cup team wins the game. So you, we're yeah. Not, we're not, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You got your, okay. your sophomore <laughs> scoring the goals too, Castle and uh, Laramie. Laramie, yeah. What type of confidence boost is that for a college sophomore to score against a national team? And then you guys also saw two games. You saw the U.S. game that they scored all the goals in, and then you watched Argentina play. Mm-hmm. So you score on a team, and then you go to a stadium and you watch them play in the World Cup. What? How does that change the way a, a soccer player approaches the game? I think it was great, it, and. For Sierra, she she had a, a a great two games. She scored the goal and she pretty much bossed the midfield, um, definitely in spurts. But she did she did really well. And then so one of the players that she was up against got FIFA Player of the Match. So that was very good for for her to be, to realize that the level that she's capable of of playing. And then once her maturity hits, that she can she could sustain and. And, and be more consistent with her play. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great. And then having the team be able to watch the game live, and they played Japan, so Japan's a very, very good top five team in the world. And it was a 0-0 match. So I think our players, uh, to, to be able to see that, um, see how they competed, and, and, uh, and then watch them play against Japan, I think they draw their own conclusions as to you know, the, the opportunities that they had and, and, and what it could mean for them. So obviously you guys got to soak in an incredible atmosphere over there in France. Then you guys come back for your home opener, the season opener at George Allen Field on Sunday. And uh, I have to say, I, you know, I thought that was the most incredible atmosphere I've seen for one of your guys' games. Set the new school record for attendance. Set the new school record for student attendance at a soccer game. Um, just an absolute scene out there. Beautiful with the sunset. Uh, two really good teams, obviously. 
are you able to, uh, you're obviously frustrated with the close loss, but are you able to, in those moments, kind of soak in how much you've built a community around that field and around your team to see all those youth players out there and, and see a crowd like that? You know, I had one of those moments the day before I went to the Long Beach City College alumni game. And I spent some, as you guys know, I spent some time there. You put some numbers on a, on a, on a banner over there, yeah. A little bit, yeah. So, <laughs> so that, that got me thinking, and this is, this, was the, this is the start of my 25th year of college coaching here in Long Beach. Um, and so I think it was very fitting that we break the all-time record. It, so it's got to be the record for any soccer match in Long Beach, mm -hmm. right? So, so I think it was very fitting to, to have that crowd and, and to have our team play the way they played. And... Um, after take away the first 25 minutes, I think it, if you look statistically, it was dead even. Uh, I think Marta made one save in the second half, mm -hmm. and uh, and we had the couple chances to to score. Um, but I liked how we played. I like how we came out in the second half and how we possessed the ball and how we tried to attack um, you know the whole game um, against a team that's that's argue that's that's possibly going to. Uh, slated to be in the final four um, and and some pick him to win the national championship so um, I was very proud of the group and yes the community is outstanding I think um, I think they come out um, and I hope our, you know I, I know our players are appreciative um, of it and I, I saw a video where our players were uh, when they come out now because uh, they come out right before the game and then they come out at halftime there was a tunnel that, that, that all the fans made for them to nice. come on the field. I hope that becomes a tradition. I thought that was pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What, when you retire, 25 years, that's incredible. Congratulations. When you retire, you're going to finally explain to Oh, he just had us. another kid. He's not retiring. Yeah. For, <laughs> we'll probably it's retire not before soon. he does. It's not anytime soon. <laughs> but I'm saying when it does happen, you're going to finally explain to us why you guys are so much better in the second half attacking Carpenter End. Every single time, coach, you you must be the best halftime ad adjustment oh, uh, coach in the in the entire country. I you know what I don't know, but it's it's true. I think we all believe it so much that the players believe it and everyone believes it, and we just we just go for it. I think it's something that we have in our we know that that if if we keep it close, we'll have a chance. But the you want to know something that's uh, that's really strange is when we beat. First of all, we're one of. Uh, maybe two or three teams in in the whole country the programs that uh, you'd have, this would be a good good stat to look up in the last five years uh, who's beaten SC and UCLA mm -hmm. well, we have and maybe Stanford I don't know right. a couple others um, but when we beat UCLA it was um, Ashley Gonzalez scored yeah it was a quasi own goal but the way it was ruled Ashley got the goal and it was in the 66th minute. When we beat USC, Dana Fujikuni scored, and it was in the 66th minute. No way. And yesterday, when they cleared the ball off the line, 66th minute. it was in the 66th minute. <laughs> so I think that momentum builds and builds, and then there's something there's something freaky in the 66th minute <laughs> well, at George Allen Field. That's going to be approximately, what, uh, 7.30 on Friday? No, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> 8.30 on Friday, 66 minutes. So, so you play, can show up late, yeah, but get not your, 67 minutes late. Get your ears up. Go play the lottery <laughs> in the 66th minute. So that's Friday against Penn State, another top 10 team, number six Nittany Lions coming to town, and then you're hosting San Diego as well on Monday. So two more games. Everybody, get to the box office. Get your tickets right now. Like Mike said, it's a scene out there at George Allen Field. Coach, good luck the rest of the way. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, guys. Thank you for, for all you do. I appreciate it.
Always great to get to catch up with Mauricio. Uh, I don't know. We've probably interviewed that guy 500 times at this point. Congratulations to you, Andy, and your department for uh, <laughs> getting Mauricio Gracia and keeping Mauricio Gracia and making sure that he gets the atmosphere at that field that they deserve because Sunday night at George Allen Field, that's what it should look like. That, that was, was incredible. awesome. Awesome. That Thank you to the section, fans. Yeah, yeah, the student section in Rhodes End was my favorite part. Just sitting over there listening to them heckle was like, yeah, here yeah. it is. Well, and he even <laughs> arranged for a really nice sunset, so it was great. Um, yeah. It's right, a little things. <laughs> we're going to switch up the outro. Uh, last season on the OBF show, we were doing recommendations at the end of the episode. This year, we're, we're going to try something new. We're going to do specifically food recommendations, either for something that we had at a restaurant, something that we made. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and start it off. Uh, a favorite place of JJ and I, it's a Peruvian place in North Long Beach called El Pollo Imperial. Went Yeet. there for lunch with my wife yesterday. Had the Lomo Saltada, and mm. uh, and I just want to go back and eat it every day. That green soup, <laughs> dude. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, my food is something my wife, Vanessa, makes, and she makes it all the time. It's delicious. We call it the Trader Joe's Bowl. It's rice, <laughs> veggies, olives, uh, and then like a frozen, like, you know, barbecued tuna burger on top, just cut up real fine. Oof, it's so good. I love people who can like it's like engineer different meals out of Trader Joe's. Yeah, <laughs> you, you gotta be sure. creative. Okay. Yes. I'm gonna quickly throw in uh, a dessert. Uh, my mother-in-law banana bread. Uh, mm. I don't know if there's any banana bread fans out there, Absolutely. but and everybody's got their favorite. But uh, my mother-in-law enjoys making it, and then I bring it to work and I hand it out to people that she specifically tells me to, to okay. give it to. Well, you're gonna get so an email from my wife. Who, I will like, bring it for you guys, bread. but okay, her sure. banana bread is. <laughs> renowned and uh, I'm a dessert guy okay, so for the yes, fans out there too. listening I'm a big dessert guy JJ and I have uh, our mouths are entirely filled with sweet teeth so <laughs> yeah pretty I'm much totally on board with banana bread well it's good to be back like we said thank you again to Andy and producer Roger for making this stuff happen if you want tickets to any of the things that we mentioned during the show you gotta call the box office 562-985-4949 we'll be back in two weeks for another episode of the LBF show I've got one last final shout-out, which is if you've got kids in Long Beach, sign them up for the Kids Club here at Long Beach State. It's the As a parent, you're always trying to figure out how to stretch your dollars with your kids, and the $20 that you sign your kids up gets them admission into every home event here. It gets them a gift, which this year is a fanny pack, which I appreciated. It was a clear fanny pack so they can bring their stuffed animals and stuff in and uh, not get stopped by security. And if you're like my kids, they love the lanyard with their name on it. Uh, JJ and I wear press passes when we go to games, so of course my son and my daughter they want their own press passes uh so you can find all that information at longbeachstate.com as well as the box office number that jj just mentioned so it was good talking to you lb nation we'll talk to you in two weeks take care